We started Lent by embracing discomfort for the sake of change through our Lenten penances. And then last Sunday, we reflected on the need to stay fixed on the goal in order to overcome the temptation of comfort for the present moment and to look after ourselves, but to move through that difficulty to where we actually want to go. Now this weekend, it's to bring those two together, the discomfort and the goal with the transfiguration. So why this event in Jesus' life, both for the apostles and why do we have it as part of our Lenten Gospels? Well, first, in the Gospel of Luke, the transfiguration of Jesus happens right after the passage that we know well, where Jesus tells his disciples, if you want to be my disciple, you must take up your cross and follow me. And when they come down from Mount Tabor after the transfiguration, it's the first time that Jesus foretells his death to his apostles. Jesus shows them his glory in his transfigured nature to preserve them through the suffering of the cross that is about to come. He shows them what will be so that they can endure the discomfort, the suffering that is about to happen to get to what will be. And it's really the same reason why we have this every year on our second Sunday of Lent. Because as we enter into Lent, a week and a half of penances already seems like long enough and Easter should just get here already. But it's a reminder to us now, still at the very beginnings of Lent, of why we are doing this. We're seeking the glory. We embrace the discomfort for the sake of the goal that we're being led to. Because one of the things about our Christian life that is very difficult for us to hold on to, but is at the heart of the mystery of our faith, is that glory is found in suffering. And that suffering brings about glory. The two can't be separated. They always go hand in hand because they always did with Jesus. This is my favorite depiction of the crucifixion. It's painted by Matthias Grunewald. It's in Eisenheim in Germany. And it's an altarpiece. And so this image sits behind the altar in that church in Germany. The story behind it, because it's one of the most gruesome images that you will see of Jesus on the cross with his hands contorted, a real sign of agony on his face, and beyond just the wounds from the crucifixion, his body is also covered in sores, which might be hard to see on that picture. But the reason that Grunewald painted Jesus like this was because at the time that he was commissioned to paint it, it was a very poor place and there was a disease that was running rampant among the people. And so what he did was he painted Jesus with the same sores that developed on the people who were plagued by the disease among them. So that when they came to the church for mass and they looked up to the altar and they saw Jesus crucified, they could see themselves in his sufferings. 
But then this altar piece is actually two doors that can then be opened to reveal his painting of the resurrection. A reminder that, yes, we, Jesus is with us in our suffering, but he's leading us to glory. So depending on the time of the year, it would be a different image behind the altar, a reminder of both, that glory is found in suffering, and suffering brings about glory. To me, maybe one of the best human experiences that exemplifies this, that we all know well, is the giving of birth. That in a woman giving birth to a child, there is glory found in that suffering. And through her suffering, glory comes about in the coming of a new life. These two have to go together, and we can't fall into the temptation of wanting to separate it. Because sometimes we want to go to God and basically say, God, give me the spoils of heaven now and take away all sufferings. And if you don't, you're probably not really there. You're not doing your job. Or the opposite end, where life is just suffering and God can't or won't do anything about suffering, and that's just the way that it is. It's neither. Both are found together. What we see in Jesus is that he gives the apostles the transfiguration to be able to sustain them through the scandal of his cross so that they can remain faithful all the way through. But we know the end of the story. John is the only one of those three who holds on to it and is still standing at the cross at the end. James and Peter have fled. But then the opposite on the other side is also true because what is the number one witness of the authenticity of Jesus in the resurrection? See the wounds in my hands and in my feet and in my side. That even in his glory, even in his resurrection, he still holds on to the marks of his suffering. That's not an accident. The both are intermingled in the expression of human life and in our relationship to God. And so we have to come to know, to experience, and to understand why that is key in our Christian life. And to avoid that temptation of wanting to separate them, to go, well, I suffer now so that I can get to peace later or I want to get rid of suffering for the sake of coming to peace and joy. That's not the way that we understand the world as Christians because of Jesus. So if that's true, if that is truly at the heart of the way that we understand human existence as Christians, then how does that shape our relationships with others? How does that shape the way that we look at and treat everyone that we meet? Because here's something that's true. We all suffer. We are all suffering in our life. And I'll go no further than just us here. 
Every one of you here is suffering because somebody that should be here is not. Whether that's because you are a widow and your spouse is no longer with you, whether that's because your spouse is not a practicing Catholic and doesn't come with you, or whether it's children that have turned away from the faith and are not practicing their faith. Every one of us shares that suffering in common. And so if that's true, then how do we bring glory into that suffering of others? How do we become that glory of God for them in their suffering? Right? Part of the way that we approach others is to acknowledge that there is something broken in them, not for the sake of making a judgment on them, but for the sake of acknowledging, how am I supposed to be a gift for them in whatever they're suffering? In me trying to understand and come to know whatever their suffering is in this life, how can I contribute to bringing God's glory to them in the midst of that? That is a very different way of approaching another human being. Not seeing their suffering and trying to provide a solution for them. Then we make ourselves God to them. That's not what I'm saying. Sometimes all it means is to show compassion for them. A real compassion where that word, where does it come from? To suffer with another. To be with them in their suffering instead of being alone. If we really take to heart what is at the core of Jesus and his existence, then this has to be the way that we go about our Christian lives. And then you can even flip it back on yourself. How do you allow God to show you his glory in the midst of whatever you're suffering? Or how do you allow your suffering to bring you to the glory of God. The two are never exclusive from each other because of what Jesus shows us in the transfiguration and later in his resurrection. Because St. Paul tells us today, we cannot be enemies of the cross. We cannot reject the cross. And that's why there was a time where something that was very popular in our Catholic faith, faith was, was not a real good term for it, but resurrexifixes, where there was the risen Jesus on the cross. And there's a truth that's depicted in that. But what happens with that is a denial in time of the need for the suffering of Christ to come to the glory of the resurrection. This is why this is the image given to us. We need to see the front of that altarpiece more often than not because we live in a place generally of comfort where we can avoid it often in many ways so that we can come to know how the two live together so that we can find hope through suffering we can have faith in suffering we can love by suffering and we have peace while suffering